Pastor Scott and lead pastor of the river and really glad that you're checking out our uh, online podcast and our services and hope that you are blessed by this. Certainly, if you have any questions, if you're wondering about stuff that goes on here or maybe you're checking out our website more and seeing things that you uh, are wondering whether or not you might want to participate in them, feel free. Contact us in the office. Give us a call. Send us an email. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Love to answer any questions that you have. Uh, we hope that you are blessed by what you hear on, on this podcast. We hope that God's Word continues to have power in your life. And we pray that uh, God makes himself known, that you know how much he truly, truly, truly loves you. Thanks for checking us out and uh, enjoy the service. Uh, welcome this morning. I'm Pastor Scott. Uh, it's good to see a couple of our college students home for spring break. Jared and uh, Aaron brought a bunch of uh, Midwest pale children out for some sun. So we expect that by the end of the week they will be red as beets, which will be great for them to take back to Michigan. Uh, good to have you here. Welcome. And um, welcome to all of you. Glad you can be here. We continue our series this morning on the fruits of the Spirit. This morning we're talking about goodness and uh, hopefully you've been keeping up with the memory work and we've gotten, uh, uh, we've gotten some new refrigerator magnets around with all our memory verses on them. If you don't have one, please make sure to pick one up on your way out, put it up on your refrigerator so you can remember that um, these memory verses are good things to have in our hearts and our minds. For you, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do is the memory work from this past or from this week. The next week's will be, I can't even remember. I think we're changing up the order. Nick wanted to do some preaching on another one, so I can't remember which one is next week, but it is in your bulletin insert in your worship folder. Keep that in mind as you look forward to uh, next week's sermon as well. Again, this morning is about goodness, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to encourage you to turn. It's right at the end of the book, the last section that Paul gives to us. And uh, for us to think this morning, uh, again, this whole fruit of the Spirit thing, we want to see uh, Christ, we want to know that Christ is in us. We want to know that Christ is changing us, transforming us, and certainly one of the measures of that transformation is seeing the fruit of the Spirit that, um, that he gives to us in his word come out in our lives. And this morning, again, we want to talk about one of those fruits, uh, goodness, and how it calls us to... Um, Live into the world. Live in the world, uh, bringing the goodness of Jesus Christ. What he has given to us, we want to give to others. As we prepare to hear God's word together, let's pray. Father God, we ask that you uh, move in our hearts and in our minds through the power of your word, that we, might be con- that we might continue to be changed and transformed by its power. We might understand more deeply what it means to be good as you are good. That as we live out your goodness in the world, who you are to us, as we fall more deeply in love with you and know that love, that we want to show it to others. We want to get outside of ourselves. Stop being so self-focused and instead, Lord, see what the power of your love in the lives of others does to change and transform them and also to transform us. 
We pray, Father, that you do this work because you're the only one who can do it through the work of Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit in this place. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning at verse 12 through verse 24. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you have, let's say, a full day, a full day alone, you have no errands to run, no things on your to-do list, maybe if you're a parent, you have no kids to care for that day, maybe they're gone at grandma's and grandpa's or your spouse is off at a workshop or something like that. There's, there's really a day for you to do nothing. What do you do? What would you do? I know there are some of you who are saying that would be absolute heaven. I would like that. Give me that. It would be lovely. But what would you do? What would you do with your time when no one's around? Would it be, as it seems so, so many uh, kids, uh, my kids in my home and in my life, uh, it turns into watching like 17 episodes straight of some program on Netflix. Parks and Rec is in vogue in our house right now. Or is it reading some sort of fluffy novel that you've been wanting to get to because you've heard good things about it. Is it, for me, I can probably tell you what it would be. It would be a whole lot of soccer and going down to Stater Brothers and getting the biggest, thickest red meat steak that I can find and grilling it up on the barbecue. Who are you when no one's looking? And maybe to become more serious, is there places that you go that you shouldn't? Are there things that you do that you shouldn't? If you have an hour just to mess with your phone, what sort of things are you looking up, looking at, being a part of? What television programs would you watch on TV? What, What sort of things would you do? When we ask this question, what we're asking is, does goodness permeate us? 
Does goodness, has goodness soaked into our souls enough that if we had six, eight hours to do nothing, that God would call that six to eight hours truly good, blessed, holy, maybe even? I think that's a critical question. I know for me, I certainly have some questions of myself. I wonder if everything that I would do would be blessed by God. I I certainly want to hope so. But I also know that sometimes I turn into a little bit of a goofball. I can do some foolish things and be sort of taken out of what may be considered good and just move into something that is either lazy or foolish or even, unfortunately, sinful. When we think about goodness, what goodness truly is, is a heart and a mind that is so in tune with God that when we have time, when we have freedom, when we have really no accountability except our own, that our heart turns to things of the Lord. And my guess is that all of us, at least on some level, have those questions of ourselves, whether or not we're truly good. In our letter today that Paul gives to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is calling these Thessalonican Christians to goodness. He's calling them to a certain type of goodness, and there's some marks that he gives to us that helps them and also us understand more about what goodness is. It helps us understand what its fruits are, what it moves people towards, what it does in a heart that then goes out, goes out into the world around as goodness. And in this letter, there's some little challenges that Paul is highlighting to these Thessalonican Christians. There's some challenges in the church. And it revolves around a couple different things. First of all, uh, the leaders of the church aren't appreciated. Verse uh, 12 and 13. Acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. He's calling these people to acknowledge some leaders, which means that that's not happening maybe in the way that it should. And then he goes on in the next verses to talk about lazy, disheartened, and weak among the community. And Paul wouldn't name those things, those activities that they should be involved in, if they were already being done. So we can understand that there are people who are being ignored. Not everyone is caring, caring one for another. There's not enough goodness present. Things aren't dire. They're not a big problem because if it were, Paul would have addressed it much earlier in the letter like he does with the Galatian Christians. In the letter to the Galatians, he's much more upfront about how they've messed up. He doesn't do that until the end of the letter here in Thessalonians. And so we can understand, hey, it's not as serious a problem, but it's certainly something that they could do better. And actually, throughout the letter, Paul compliments them on some things. He says, you're doing good on some of this stuff. You're doing well in some of these other places. But he also, throughout the letter, is calling them to more. 
He's calling them to be more, do more, live into more, get more Jesus among them. And a key more that he calls them to, and he repeats it actually numerous times throughout the letter, and as we've talked about before, when the scriptures repeat things, as they repeat them, we need to understand they become more and more important to what the author is saying. He says that they should seek to love one another more, and that they should show it tangibly. If you look back in your text, you'll see he says, love one another more, 312, 4.10, 5.11, just before our text this morning, it says, therefore encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. He's saying, you're doing it, you're close, you're doing all right, but do it more. Give more goodness, share more love. Don't be so self Focus. Don't be so internal. We think about that idea of internal and self-focus that certainly works in the world that we live in, right? Nature of our world moves us into this self-focus, not outside ourselves, not doing more in the lives of others, not showing goodness, not showing love. Not only can we feel the pressure to help ourselves and focus on our own needs, but then we also expect and even demand that of others. I don't know how many of you watch things like MSNBC, CNBC, Fox News, any of these talking head shows. And by the way, I won't watch any of them. They all drive me crazy. Doesn't matter which side they come from, which perspective they hold, they all drive me a little bit nuts. Why? Because phrases like this come up. He should do this. She should do that. They should be. These are all phrases that quickly get uttered in a a non-goodness way, non-loving way, because it's much easier to prescribe solutions for another from a safe distance than it is to actually get your hands dirty and show love and goodness in the life of another. When I watch occasionally even 30 seconds of those talking head shows, and when I see simply the critiques come, the criticism, this is what should be done, this is how it should be, I just want to say, and how are you a part of it? How are you involved in transforming these negative situations into positive by engaging your goodness in them? There's this sort of movement that has happened about over the last two years. Some of you, I'm sure, have noticed it. And it involves the billionaires of the world, the Warren Buffetts of this world, the Bill Gates, the Oprah Winfrey's. And I think it was Warren Buffett who actually called the billionaires of the world to use their money to get involved in solving the world's problems. The phrase that has come is philanthropic cool. 
It's cool for a person with a lot of money to get involved in things like water issues around the world, educational issues, women's issues, slavery issues, uh, poverty, homelessness issues, which are certainly a great thing. I can imagine that there are many organizations in this world that would love to receive a billion dollars from Warren Buffett to see what might happen if they were a clean water organization in the midst of Africa. What could a billion dollars do to address that issue? And so I I don't want to spin this totally as a negative thing. I don't want to say that what Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and others like Oprah Winfrey and others are doing is a bad thing. Certainly funding is needed. But I also pose the question, are you on the ground? Some are. Some are involved. But are you engaging in the type of goodness that doesn't just bring a check, that doesn't just bring some solution that you offer from a distance, but are you living out goodness? Are you meeting the African farmer who needs clean water? Are you meeting the homeless person down on Redlands Boulevard and engaging with goodness in their lives? Are you isolated? Are you focused on your own little world? I know for me, that's scary. I know for me, to be involved in those sorts of activities certainly would take away from what I feel I need to do in my own life to take care of it, the time and energy that I might spend in my own home, my own problems, my own challenges. Why, why would I want to take that amount of time? And we know anyone will tell you who get involved in showing goodness into dark and hard and challenging places will tell you it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of energy to show goodness into the life of another. Well, are we willing to invest that time if it perhaps takes away from our own things? I don't know how many times that I've, we've gone through, you know, sort of petitions of the community saying, hey, we would need this. We, you know, we always, with, with Lunch Punch, need more drivers. Or we need people to come and help more at Lagonia. But what is the excuse? Or what is the thing that gets said to us so often? I just don't have the time. Why? Because you're in your own little world. We're in our own little world. And certainly I'm not indicting you because I preach in a mirror. It's my own thing. Challenge when we think about what this goodness is, is that goodness by its very nature moves us from our self-focused internal world into an external others-focused world. And in a moment, I'll talk about where that begins. And the challenge is for many of us that we're so consumed with our own world, with helping ourselves in our own things that we can't get outside of ourselves. The idea of being external, my world will fall apart. Things won't get taken care of. My, my stuff will get crazy. But Paul, in this letter, really challenges these Thessalonians and certainly then us to think, hey, folks, if you want, you want to be more like Jesus, 
What is it that you are supposed to do? And it's interesting, the activities that Paul calls them to are all external. They're all outside themselves. Now, let's start by, first of all, talking about this word, goodness, in the text. And this word, goodness, in Greek is agathusone. Agathusone. That's what it is. Emphasis on the so. Agathosone. And it's really helpful because of where else it appears outside of Scripture. And you know where else it appears outside of Scripture? Nowhere. This word goodness, agathusone, appears nowhere else in all the historical documents of the Greek world. There's no other place that they can find in the historical record that agathusone shows up. Which means, since it's a biblical world, we can understand it as a, or a, a biblical word, it's a spirit word. There's something extraordinary about about it being in the scriptures that we need to understand about how it then gets manifest in the world. If God is not present in Agathusone, then it doesn't exist. It's impossible to be truly good without the Spirit's presence. It's not possible. Which means that for us as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, to think about how this world needs more goodness, agathusone, if it's going to see more goodness, where is it going to get it from? The church. It's going to get it from followers of Jesus. It's going to get it from you and I who manifested in the world around us because without the Spirit's presence in something that could be good, agatho, it's not agathusone, which is that Spirit-filled goodness. Without the church, the world misses out on true goodness. And as Paul is directing the believers to practical goodness, and again, you'll see in a moment all these things that he tells them to. He's calling them to what? If you're going to show more agathusone, that means you need more of the Spirit. Now, how do you get more of the Spirit? What's verse 23? It's got a key word. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. Sanctify is the word. How are we sanctified? We're cleansed through the blood, through the work, through the presence of Jesus. How do you become more good? Fall more in love with Jesus. How do you become a person who manifests more goodness in the world? Fall more in love with Jesus. More deeply follow Jesus. Pursue Jesus more. And if you don't do that, then that sanctification, changing, becoming more Christ-like, doesn't truly occur. And what you have then is maybe good in a 
some sense, but it is not truly good because it is not as deeply spirit-filled. As you and I fall more deeply in love with Jesus, true goodness is manifest, it's manifest more through us. True goodness that moves one out of a self-focused, self-help living sort of life comes through Christ-focused living. Look what Paul tells them to do. Ask you brothers to acknowledge those who work hard among you. Move into someone else's life. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Show love to them outward. Live in peace with each other. Engage in that sort of action with another. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Engage in the life of another who needs help to learn how it is that they should grow and be involved with the life and the work of the church. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. All external. Be patient with everyone. External sort of stuff. Paul is calling these people that he is called to be more, more of the spirit, more goodness, to find and seek and receive through the spirit's power more of Jesus and then engage that more of Jesus in the lives of each other. Get out of your own little world and show Christ's love and goodness in the life of another. For us to ask that question of ourselves, how is it that we can pursue that sort of goodness? We can understand that to grow in bearing the fruit of goodness in our lives comes from being more deeply in love with Jesus. Now, I've thought about that. How do we become more deeply in love with Jesus? How do we do that? We all want that, right? I mean, you want to be more deeply in love. I want to be. And you know what? I can't come up with a better answer than what we tell our kids in children's ministry. Read your Bible. Talk with the one you love. Go out and serve others in his name. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Why? Not because those activities in and of themselves are what give you goodness, but those activities in and of themselves help you and I fall more deeply in love with Jesus. And more of Jesus means more goodness. Now certainly this is work that he does in us as we fall more and deeply deeply in love with him. But what does verse 24 say? It says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. There's an assurance here. There's an assurance that as you and I engage more deeply in that love of Jesus, that he will move us, transform us to be more deeply good and to show more goodness to the world around us. And this deeper love will move us out of our self-help, self-focused world and move us into the lives of others who desperately need Christ's love and goodness. I want to indict myself that so often I get consumed with my own schedule, 
my own activities, my own to-do list, my own life, my own challenges, my own problems. And here this text is indicting me, indicting us to say, as you do that, you lose out on the opportunity to see Christ at work in you, in the lives of others around you. It makes me want to say, do less for yourself, Scott, that you might make space in your life to show goodness into the lives of others. And brothers and sisters, in the world that we live in that is so schedule-driven, as we talked about before when we hit patience, for us to say that, become less about taking care of your own agenda and more about taking care of what in essence becomes Christ's agenda in the world around us. Like Christ, as we engage in this, we will see others with caring eyes, serve them with willing hands, and befriend them with loving hearts. This is true goodness. And the beautiful part about all this is when that true goodness that is marked by caring eyes, willing hands, and loving hearts shows up, it's a beautiful thing. This past Wednesday night was Legacy Nights. And on Legacy Nights, um, you know that the uh, youth group meets and there's lots of different kids who show up here. Uh, this past Wednesday night, there was a, an interesting thing that happened. I, uh, I, I didn't meet him, but I heard about a kid named Jared. Any of the high school kids, junior high kids meet Jared this past week? Jared was at youth group. There's almost no junior high and high school kids here anyway. Good grief. Where are y'all? Jared is, um, I'm just going to use the term because I don't know what's correct, but I mean this simply in love, special needs. Jared is somebody who was invited by another special needs family. He and his family were invited to engage in the life of the youth group here at the river. And just to check it out, see what was going on, the one family had had such a great experience with their child that they were hoping that maybe Jared would too. Jared, I think, is about 19 years old, and his parents have been seeking a community for him to engage in life and vibrancy and do some growth or experience some growth in Christ Jesus in a way that touches and moves in his heart. Let me read to you the text that the family member who had brought uh, this other family here, he sent to me and Nick afterwards. What an amazing family at the river. Our river leaders and adult members consistently show love, but to see our youth give love to a new youth with special needs is truly witnessing God in the hearts of the river. And then he also goes on to say, I talked to Jared after youth group. He was smiling from ear to ear. He told his dad that he wants to come back. And I'm going to name some names because this is important. Nick replied, I saw Sergey reaching out. Ray Bierman, too. Jared seems like a neat kid. Hope we can encourage him through the last bit of high school. Here's a kid who comes to this place 
just seeking a place where he can receive love, encouragement, support, be welcomed, hospitality, that he can experience the goodness of God's people. And I gotta be honest, I'm awfully proud of Sergey. I'm awfully proud of Ray Bierman. I'm awfully proud of Nick and his leadership and that there is a community there where we can tangibly see people get outside of their own lives, outside of their own selves, and want to because of who they are, who God has made them, who Christ has changed them to be, to be that into the life of another. Another who, without it, without those sorts of people, won't receive it. When true goodness shows up, the goodness that pushes us out of ourselves into the life of another, God speaks there. Jared, on Wednesday, experienced Jesus. He met Jesus. Oh, Jesus looked a lot like Sergei Nidum and Ray Bierman and Nick Intow. But because Jared met the goodness and the love of Jesus, he wants more. And that's pretty great stuff. Let's pray. Father, as you move us to speak goodness into the life of another, to speak encouragement into the life of the weak, to speak challenge and admonishment into the life of those who perhaps are lazy or stuck wherever they might be. As you move us to speak hope and encouragement into whatever person you call us to meet, call us into relationship with, as we are willing to get out of our own needs, our own world, our own self-focused world, and speak your love and your goodness into the life of another. Truly, Father, there's power there. May we recognize that power, that power that comes from us falling more deeply in love with you, and may that be our call today, that we desire, Father, we pray, we ask you come into us more deeply, that our love is more filled from your presence, that we can do nothing else but show that goodness, that our moments, even when we are alone, are filled with you. We want to be about your things, doing your stuff, loving your people. Father, we pray that our lives are marked by this fruit of goodness. And truly, as our lives are marked, then the world is marked. Because it can't happen any other way except through your spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.